It's Cheltenham. With the Betfair Exchange, it's all leading to the first race on day one and the roar at the off. Bet 20 on the first race. Get a £20 free mobile bet on the Betfair Exchange. Minimum £20 in exchange back bets. Max £20 free bet. Not valid on each way and SP bets mobile only. Excludes anti-post bets. T's and C's apply. 18 plus be gambleaware.org. The Betfair Exchange. More ways to bet, more ways to win. Proud sponsors of the Final Furlong Podcast. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by attheraces.com, the ultimate online resource for racing fans. Welcome on to the Final Furlong Podcast as we take a look at day two of the greatest show on turf. It's here. I'm joined by Final Furlong Podcast legend, Mr. Roy DeLarge. Hello. Final Furlong Podcast legend, Sky Sports Racing Pundit, and at the races writer, one of the best in the game, Mr. Declan Ricks is back. How's it going, everybody? And we're also joined by Betfair and now Final Furlong Podcast legend, Jess Stafford. Hi. Feeling excited. Let's start with the Ballymore Novices Hurdle, Grade 1. You've been assessing this race for months, Rixie. Who are you going for in the Ballymore? I'm a big fan of Sporting John, but the, the prices evaporated with him now. Like, so I'd love to know if the bookmakers are going to put Sporting John's price out to originally what it was for the Betfair preview, because he's gone into 3-1 to one now. Is that going to drift out? I don't know. I don't know whether I want to back him at 3s, but I'm a huge fan of Sporting John. I, I think what he's done, he's just got better and better and better with each step. And I thought the last day, what he did at Ascot was pretty devastating. That um, he beat a, a nice horse of Nicky Henderson's there, Pipe Smoker. He beat him by six and a half lengths, giving him eight pounds. Like eight pounds is is a is a fair old chunk of weight now. And he's beating him. He's beating him silly. Um, he jumps very well. He picks up well. And I actually think he keeps a little bit for himself. I, I'm look. I think Envoy Allen is probably still more an exciting horse. But you know, this guy, I think he's. He's not too far behind Envoy Allen now. For all that, you'd have Envoy Allen favoured over him. Um, look, he's by a, a brilliant sire, there, a kind of young sire in Getaway, and his dam is from the, the family of Oscar Whiskey. He's unbeaten like Envoy Allen as well. He's he's an exciting horse for me, and I, he's going to be a, a deadly chaser next year. And You know, those kind of similar comments apply to, to Envoy Allen. My own boring ratings that I keep there, I... I have Envoy Allen on 153p, Sporting John on 150p, and then I've got the big getaway on 143. So there's £7 between him and Sporting John and £10 between Envoy Allen on the ratings I keep. But obviously, we should still say there, the, the P obviously stands for potential. And the P beside all those horses mentioned there is still very large. They, they still could be kind of fundamentally anything. But... If Sporting John kind of goes out to nine to two, five to one originally, but he was, I'll I'll have a, an each way bet on him. Rather back Sporting John without Envoy Allen than back Envoy Allen straight. So I really feel that Sporting John and Envoy Allen, um, they have a real class edge over some potentially exciting horses. But I just think we've seen more from them. And we still have the possibility of a similar upside. So, um, yeah, a bit of a boring start for me. I'm kind of look. I'll be looking to the head of the market. Jess, currently on the bet for exchange, what price is Sporting John? He's currently five point two, so four to one. So, and Voyland's a good bit shorter than him at the moment. I, I, looking at his prices and how it's sort of come in over the last few days. I, yeah, we were all there that day. Ask it. He was. I, I made a point of going down to see him in the paddock uh, in the pre- in the winners' enclosure because hadn't seen him in the flesh, and he's a he's quite a nice lengthy looking horse and we said that day I was um, at that 
the preview night we did, how how impressed we were with him and mm. that he's clearly improving, improving. I actually think some of um, his races earlier on in the season, his win at Exeter was probably the most impressive uh, of the three of his wins. Um, it turned out to be a good race. The first race at Exeter, I'm, I'm referring to when he beat Harry Senior, um, he, he showed a really likable turn of foot and uh, you couldn't have been anything but impressed with him there. It had a, a, more of an easier time next time out at Exeter where he sort of had the run of the race. Um, but he's, and then went on to ask it, the race that actually Philip Hobbs um, took Menorah to back in 2010 when he went on to win the Supreme. Menorah, you, you'll remember, uh, was second in that race. He had a bit of a, a woeful final jump um, and then was uh, was beat on the line by Nicky Henderson's lush life and Menorah went on to win the Supreme uh, really pleasingly and turned into a brilliant chaser and I can see Sporting John being the same he obviously needs a bit, bit more of a trip than Menorah but it's uh, it's it's him for me as well I, I really really like him I agree I agree entirely with Rixie so obviously it's not an each way bet, but I do think it's interesting that you can get fours on the bet for exchange and it will be very, very interesting to see what the bookmakers do on the morning of the race and on the preview nights I've done, I've been saying he's the, I've actually quoted Rixie and said he's the horse that I would back without the favourite. That's how I do it. That's the effect you've had on me, Rixie. You've infected my mind and changed my betting strategy. <laughs> Rixie's ratings. Turned you into a miserable ponder. Rixie. <laughs> Rixie's ratings have proved to be very profitable for us. Just look on the clock, what he did there was was pretty fantastic. I think there was a, a good handicap run over the same course and distance won by Norando. And I think Sporting John from three out was about four seconds quicker than Norando carrying a stone and eight pounds more in races running pretty similar times. Like that's pretty good because Norando is mid-130s horse. Yeah. So on the clock, what he did the last day was pretty devastating. Two little worries I'd have about is even though it looked like he had an easy race that day, the clock would suggest, you know, he did run hard. I'm hoping he didn't have a hard race. And the other thing I would say is he obviously looks like a a pretty long striding horse. Just that old course there sometimes at at, um, at Cheltenham, it can it can show those horses off sometimes. Um, but look, that's, to be fair, that's a factor that Envoy Allen's going to have to not overcome because he's won on the course last year, but he's another big horse who you could see ideally being suited to the new course better. So, um, yeah, sorry. Anyway, enough for me. I'd see Sporting John as a really credible threat. Rory, you can now come along and blow all of that out of the water and say you're all talking nonsense and Allen wins. I would not put you off. I don't particularly like those uh, immediately behind him. The big getaway and the big breakaway. Uh, talking about the size of horses, when they've got the big in the title, uh, you know they're, they're units as a rule. Uh, the big getaway, particularly, I would, I would worry about. Um, if you watch, he was impressive at Nace last time, right? but you watched his run at Leopard's time before that where he traded six on and running and wasn't placed. He jumped the last in front. He looked like he had the race won, but he lost his back legs on landing, then couldn't pick up again. And he's the kind of horse, if he goes through this race without making a mistake, he's got a chance. If he makes a single mistake, it will stop him in his tracks. Um, when you get a horse who's built like him, uh, they, you know, they, they tend to struggle to recover from mistakes. And um, he just got in slightly tight to the last. It wasn't a horrible mistake, but he couldn't correct himself at all, and it lost him all his momentum. And that's the kind of thing that could easily happen to him again. So, he's, um, you know, he's a gorgeous big thing. But one of my earliest mistakes in racing was always following big horses, and big horses tend to a struggle with their jumping um, more than most, and they tend to develop problems as well. So, I'm a little bit more cynical these days 
So, yeah, as, as I said, um, I think the front two are a fair bit better than the others. But as Declan says, I'm not going to go against Sporting John here. I've backed Sporting John. I do like him a lot and I, I always like to take on a favourite. We're all with Sporting John. The RSA Insurance Novices Chase has been a cracking race over the years. Uh, Champ, I'm assuming, still heads the betting as one of the mm-hmm. worst favourites of the entire festival, Jess. Not quite, actually. Well, oh. on the exchange, there's been money this morning for Manila Indo. So he's now 4.5. Um, he is 7-2. And Copperhead is currently 4.9, 4-1. And Champ is 5.3. So there's well, been a little... There's been a bit of movement this morning. Um, there's been a lot of chat about Manella Indo on the preview evening circuits. Um, a lot of people putting him up, um, a lot of confidence behind him. Champ has really been quite uh, level throughout the last couple of weeks. His price hasn't really dipped up or, or down. But as we come closer to declarations, come closer to the race day, it looks like the, the support for Melindo is coming in. And I, I'd be I'd be right behind that as well. He looks, he was so, so impressive last year at Cheltenham and obviously he had his, his uh, not a, not the perfect start. He could have been better first time out um, against Lorena, but he's confirmed that he's he's got the class uh, when he won last time. And he, he he looked like he was quite a good price before he's now come in. He's come in a bit. So people are starting to believe in him. Yeah, it's Champ that's just coming out a little bit. And I think that's fair. I think he was far too short for a long, long time. So um, it's, it's, it's going to be a cracking RSA. I like the reaction from Rixie there going, oh, wow, which was similar enough to what I was doing as well. Rick's ratings... Who wins the RSA novices chase? Well, at the moment, I've got uh, I've got Champ on 154p. I've got Copperhead on 150 plus. Fawheen 150. Easy game 148. Alo 145p. Manella Endo 147p. So on those ratings, Champ is clear. And kind of my the reason why I reacted when Jess was calling out the odds there is because that little drift would worry me like does the preview circus with horses like this really kind of move the market i don't know like every every kind of preview i've seen um everyone is kind of dead against champ um and kind of you know everyone say he doesn't jump well enough I, I think there's too much being made of his jumping i really do look he's not he's not bloody sprinter sacker and he's far from it he's he can be a little bit rigid but and there has been mistakes but you know, like on debut, I thought he he showed a good aptitude for jumping and he showed he could be clever at times for a big horse. He did jump left a couple of times, which would, kind of, which would have been a worry if he went to the Reynolds town, but I can't see that being an issue at Cheltenham. Uh, then at Newbury, like he did make one very bad mistake, but that's because um, he jumped into the back of a loose horse, really. And that, that was obviously the day Barry Garrity nearly took the wrong course. Yeah. Um, and, but like that day, for a horse at the end of a race to have the ability to jink like that and pick up and still win as well as he did, it just goes to show the class and the engine that's within him. Like I, I've no doubt in my mind, Champ is the best horse we've seen in this race in terms of ability. But kind of the, his jumping is maybe a, a bit of an equaliser. He obviously doesn't jump as well as Manella Endo and a couple of the others. But um, I just get the feeling there is an absolutely monster performance in him. 
Um, I think he's going to he's going to need a good ride from Barry. I think I think Barry needs to maybe be clever on him and not go looking for big massive jumps. Just kind of hunt him around a little bit and just have the faith and his ability to get him home. That's kind of how I'd be looking to ride him. Um, everything about this horse, obviously the name, everyone knows who he's named after. He's champ, mm. you know, trained by Nicky, owned by JP, by King's Theatre. I think from the the mat, the dams from the family of best mate, you know. Everything to me screams quality about this horse. And I know a lot of people, because he he's a strong traveller, have said that they wanted to see him down in trip. But I don't. I think like you can still be a strong traveller and get home in, in staying races if you're good enough. Go back and watch Sizing John the year he won the Gold Cup. He, he was pretty keen the whole way through that race, but he was clearly on a, on a going day and they can still win. To me, three miles is what Champ wants. And, you know, this, they're probably only going to get one shot at the Gold Cup because he's going to be nine next year. But he's going to be a big player, I think, in the Gold Cup next year. And it's for me, simply, he's just the best horse in the race. And over this trip, I think he's going to improve again. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be born again, another one to the front of the market, and I'm going to put up Champ. Rory, I think preview nights do very much have an impact on markets, particularly these days. But then again, I think if a trainer sneezes, it can have an impact on how certain sports books can go. What is your current thoughts on the RSA? Rixie's all over Champ. What about you? Yeah, I I don't like Champ, but I, but I wouldn't argue with a lot of what Declan said there. He is very classy, and you know his form at around two and a half miles is is um, is very good. His win second time at Newbury um, was impressive. Um, as Declan said, he did he, he jumped um, into the back of a loose horse. Um, at an early season, that was Dashiell Drasher, um, who he met on his debut, um, and then it seemed it seemed jockey error rather than waywardness in the horse. They saw him almost almost um, go for the water jump uh, rather than um, keep right on the run in. Yeah, again, I'm not entirely sure whether it, whether it was the horse he fell asleep or the jockey he fell asleep at Cheltenham last time. He's got an awful lot of class, but the thing that I've included him in the banker and bus section of the um, the Weatherby's Guide, um, which obviously went to print a, a while ago. And um, the thing that I didn't like about Champ was the fact that Nicky Henderson's campaigned him as if he doesn't believe he's a three-miler. Nicky's had, uh, he's won the RSA before. He knows exactly what it takes, and he tends to give his horses the same prep. Um, he tends to aim them at the Cotto Star, You'd give them a run. Newbury uh, it would be a traditional place to go with his, be- his best um, novice chasers. Then to Kempton for the Cotto Star, and then to the Reynolds Town um, at Ascot. Either or, and in a lot of cases, both. And it doesn't really matter whether they get beaten at Kempton and or at Ascot. Th- they tend to arrive at Cheltenham um, very much ready for the RSA. And he would have gone this route with Santini as well last year, but for the, um, the equine flu. And yet, he's had the opportunity of running champ in the Reynolds Town knowing that he wouldn't be able to run him anywhere else. So he refused to do it. And he said that he, he needs to go left-handed, which isn't backed up by his career, by the way. Um, and he's run horses. Uh, Bob's Worth would have been a lot better at at, um, at Sheldon than he was at either Kempton or Ascot. Didn't stop Nicky running him there. So it's very odd that Champ is, is a horse who's had the RSA as his target uh, all year. He wasn't even entered for the marsh. And yet Nicky's campaigning him as if he's a two-and-a-half-miler. And, a half miler. and I, that, that's what really concerns me about him. It seems this, you know, a lack of faith from his trainer about what kind of horse he is. Obviously, you know, he's, he, he won a grade one over three miles and half a furlong at the entry last season. I don't think that proved his stamina. If you go back and watch that race, he was against a bunch of boats who went really slowly um, through most of the race. They were all very well grouped at the top of the straight and he just did them for speed. He had far too many gears for them. 
I'm not sure that really proved his stamina. He should stay. And I thought he was settling down, but Barry couldn't, re- I wouldn't say he couldn't control him last time out, but he had to let him just, you know, um, get on with it at Cheltenham. And he would have won the race easily. I think it was about 102 when he fell, and that was the second last. But the fact that he, he lost his concentration completely at that stage and took a nasty fall is obviously a concern. I'm not the kind of person who says you can't win off the back of a fall. But again, there was loads of opportunity to get a run into him if Nicky wanted to run him in, in the most suitable races. But he wanted to run him in the weakest race he could find. Listen, he, he's getting to a price now that I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to be laying him at 9-2. to two. He's third favourite now as it stands. I've been against him at short odds coming into it. You can probably take a bit of a chance on him now. I think it is the fact that so many people are against him um, that has seen his price drift. I think he probably comes in from that again because once you've opposed Champ and he's no longer favourite, then you start looking closely at Manila Indo and Copperhead and you start asking yourselves questions about um, the suitability of the race for them. Manila Indo, uh, as a horse I like enormously, he was, he was hugely impressive uh, in winning the Albert Bartlett last year with the wrong preparation. He'd had two runs and you know he, he, he looked very much in need of the experience. Uh, on his debut as well. So coming to the Albert Barker with that kind of um, that kind of experience is a massive negative generally, and yet he won the race in really good style. You know, he's got this preparation which is not ideal. He's only had the two runs, and, um, you know, RSA winners tend to have a lot more experience with offences than that. But he's already, you know, he's broken that already. But once he's clear favourite, which he is at the moment, then I think people start asking those questions and saying, what exactly has he achieved with offences? He's beaten Captain CJ. You know that I like Captain CJ an awful lot, but strictly speaking, that's not, that's not good enough form to make you favourite for a race like the RSA. So I think once he becomes clear favourite, then people start, will start to knock him. If Copperhead becomes favourite, again, I, I really like Copperhead, but I wanted him to run in the um, uh, National in Hunt the, the National Hunt Chase, uh, which I think was sitting down to the ground. His horse is already um, proven over, over three and a quarter miles. And the Reynolds time form, he was very impressive there, but that's because he's a relentless galloper. I don't think that form on paper is as good as it looks. A lot of horses couldn't cope with the conditions, whereas he did. Uh, and that's why I want to see him at a real trip. The RSA needs a blend of speed and stamina. And he, you know, as a herder, he was he went handicapping off the market about 100, didn't he? Um, not that long ago, only a year ago. Yeah. So he's come an awful long way in a short time. And I think, again, once he becomes, if he becomes favorite for the race, you start looking at his background and go, is this really a great one horse? Uh, and then people will start knocking him. I think it's just one of those things that everyone has, has, has got on the back of him. Um, to say that they don't like him in the in the RSA, and I think his price probably comes back in again. So you're put off champ at this stage, but you're a fan of his. I think now is probably a good time to back him. I won't be backing him, as I said. I'm, I've never been a fan, but you, if you're opposing horses, you've got to oppose them at the right price, and you don't wait until they drift to much bigger odds before you step in. You try to lay them at the shortest price possible. I, I'm probably neutral in Manila Indo because he's so short. You know, and in terms of what he's achieved over fences so far, he, he falls short of the standard required to win an RSA. But that was very much the case last year when he won the, the Albert Bartlett. But of course, last year when he won the Albert Bartlett, he was 50 to 1. And this time around, you're, you're struggling to get 7 to 2. He could be hiding a fair bit, you know, in terms of, of um, what he's achieved in, in a short career today. Alaho was, was much shorter than him at Cheltenham, was then punted heavily to beat him at Punchestown, and Manel Endo came out on top again. I still like Alaho, and I think at the prices, I'd probably be with him, because um, I think there's, there's a, not a huge amount between the pair of them. Um, again, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the perfect profile for the RSA, but he's coming from a stable who constantly break these trends and win races at the Cheltenham Festival. You don't second guess Willie Mullins. Yeah, I thought I thought Alaho had a um, a really solid chance. I think he's the perfect horse for the race. I think, I think he's um, I mean, we haven't seen an awful lot of him. I think he's the best jumper in the race uh, from what little we've seen. But there are a few there are a few questions that haven't been posed to the market leaders here um, that they could end up 
answering strongly in the affirmative or they could stumble um, as a result. So there's, there's plenty to find out. Um, as I said, Alaho would just about be, be my pick at the prices. And I think you could... What has Willie said about Easy Game? He's an interesting one wherever he goes as well. I think he's a little bit underrated, um, Easy Game. I thought, he, I thought he was unlucky not to win uh, at Leopardstown. He's clearly a much better chaser than he was a hurdler. But he did have experience here last year. I thought he ran creditably um, in the Ballymore. And um, he's a player at a fair price. It's, it's fascinating, yeah, what, what, why Champ's sort of drifting out a little bit. Um, I think that at the moment, at 92 could be worth having a bit of a bet on it. But if I need to pin a colours to my mask, it would be Manella Indo. Um, I, looking at the, the brilliant Weatherby's Guide that I've got in front of me, um, it says that both Florida Pearl and Don Polly won the RSA on the back of two runs, but both had won in graded company. So that might be a, the, the only other element to that stat that might not quite sort of work in Manella Indo's favour, but he'd be the one for me. Final selection for you, Rixie. Champ, for me, I totally agree with Rory what he says about Copperhead. He should be going for the longer race. Proper behind the bridle horse, idle mm. horse in general, really. For all I really like him, um, maybe he could maybe bomb out here and then you could get maybe get a bigger price next year for the uh, the Ladbrokes Trophy. I think that's kind of a race that'll really suit him, but Champ here for me. Rory, your final selection for the Orsay? As it stands, Alaho. Alaho for me as well. The Carl Cup. Oh, simple one. What is the current betting on the Betfair Exchange? Jess. <laughs> I've been looking forward to uh, getting stuck into this one. Um, let me just pull up my Coral Cup market for you. Oh, you're doing um, a Barry Orr from the preview night now, the other night. You're like, yeah, oh, 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 wait, 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 let me do it. Apologies, apologies. At the moment, Birchdale is your favourite, 9.6 at 17 to 2. Um, you've then got Dame de Copain. Uh, <laughs> Excuse my French. I'm sorry, um, what? Dam de Copine is 10.5. So, uh, How are you worse at French than me? We've got... Uh, <laughs> like, still, I won't be able to pronounce any of these bloody names. Protocatorat. <laughs> How do we say it? How do I don't say know. It? Don't ask me. He's 11. Protectorat. And then Alpha Mix is 12. Um, and then going out, Canard... Oh, I can't say any of the names. Canardia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> someone else want to do it for me. He's uh, done 30, all right, to be fair. <laughs> he's 13.5, around 12 to 1. It's always a very competitive race, always a race where horses are slightly more at the top of the weights, um, of a better track history, really. This race is always so super competitive. Um, looking at the trends, um, you've got to respect those horses that are sort of lightly race hurdlers, you know, with a lot of a lot of potential but it's a puzzle for me I like classy tights with a bit of graded form I think Eglaton Desai she was finishing off her race very well last time out at Leperstown and um, she's got a should have a nice chance but very very difficult for me it is one of the toughest races of the meeting Canandier yeah we'll go with that apparently he's working very very well Declan who's going to win the Coral Cup with Alpha Mix now in JP's colours he's become the latest JP Gamble the man literally controls the entire market it's Dame de Compagnon for me, who are you with? Oh God, I think the Canardier running first time for Willie Mullins is is very interesting. You know, Mullins obviously has a, a decent record of improving horses from other trainers. None so better than was it Clondor Warrior that he got from Shark Hanlon and oh. just turned him into this globe trotting superstar, flat and jumps. Unbelievable. So, um, 
Canardier, fifth in this race last year. We ran an absolute cracker under under Robbie Dunn. Robbie got him jumping and travelling lovely, beating fifth two and a half lengths in the end. He is up four pounds, though. Obviously, it's it's a bit of a negative, but for one, I don't think this year's race is as good as last year's. And for two, he's now been with Whitty Mullins since, you know, late December, early January. He's gonna he's probably had two and a half months to to work his magic on him and see how he goes. So um, he, he's definitely one that that's interesting, Canardier. He's very lightly raced horse as well. Uh, the only thing I'd say with him, probably maybe that the better the ground, the better his chance. Although he did run fairly well last year on, on kind of softish ground. So um, look, there, there's loads in here. Like, you know, Birchdale, very unexposed, probably still ahead of the handicapper. Protectorat, I think, is a nice horse. He's, he's been progressing well all year, but he's so keen that he always has to give his field a big head start and going into handicap company now. I'm just not sure that will work for him. If there's loads of pace on in the race, then that's going to be a big plus for him. A couple of Irish novice hurdlers, they are the three of them, um, Francine, Sempo, Alphamix, they're all um, progressive sorts who could run well here. I've been in a few different WhatsApp groups with kind of various lads who know men about dogs and whatnot. And oh. Alphamix's Alpha name keeps coming up, but I think the market has probably let everyone know at that stage. Um, I'm a big fan of this horse. He's... For a novice, he's a serious jumper, and he's a, and he's a good traveller. And the way he moves, I think getting back, getting away from some Irish winter ground would be a plus for him. There are a couple of obviously interesting ones, but it's I think it's very very hard to be concrete on something now at this stage. But uh, those are a few that that I'd, I'd give positive mentions to. Okay, we have the Rixie shortlist so for the Carl Cup. Shortlist of fourteen. Fourteen. <laughs> One of them probably won't even hit the frame. Uh, the man who literally does move markets, Rory Delargy, who wins the Carl Cup. I completely agree with what Declan said in the first place. You know, absolutely crazy if you try to have a bet in the Carl Cup. Leave it alone. I saw a really good piece on on YouTube yesterday of Lydia his walking the course with Ruby Walsh oh, it was and excellent. Ruby admitted that the one the race he hated riding in most of the Cheltenham Festival was the Coral Cup. It was impossible to ride a tactical race properly there because of a massive field and the layout of the track. It was all luck. Everyone wanted to get a handy position and, you know, it, it's not the right kind of race for a horse who's well handicapped. You need everything to fall your way. So you need to be getting twice the price you think you should be getting and you're getting half the price you should be getting on virtually every horse in the race. Um, for the sake of a selection, Champion Well. Appreciate dropping by to two mile five having uh, bustled up the mighty Ramses Tatiya at, um, at Doncaster. Go on, you good thing, you. So he's 25 to 1. If he was 40 to 1, I would consider backing him. 25 to 1 is, is okay in comparison with the prices of lots of other horses you could give a chance to in that. But I, I would still say, if you feel the need to bet in the Coral Cup, get yourself to a um, psychiatrist as quick as possible. Mental health is very, very important. But yeah, do get yourself checked out if you want to get stuck into something in the Coral Cup. Dom de Compagnon is still the, the horse for me. Champion Chase feature race of the day probably Jess the feature race of the entire week now to your me he is the reigning champ he has won two back to back it is a big task for him and I, I said this in our first preview in our preview ask it and I'll say it again I do think Daffy Desoy will beat him um, I've got a lot of confidence in this horse I think it's the best champion chase we've seen in years um, Daffy Desoy is the the horse that can beat him for me Altio in second and then perhaps Ashton Boswell in third that's the way I see with these three but we have put a lot of emphasis in these three horses and 
the likes of dynamite dollars could be a good each way bet if you're if you're looking for something outside of those. It has to be the race of the week, this and, and the Gold Cup. And yeah, I think Defi Tassoy is going to take a lot of beating. Rixie, it's about the first three in the betting for some. Not necessarily for you, though. What's your thoughts? I'll start with Defi. I'm just not sure he's as good as the kind of market suggests yet. Uh, he did a lot of dueling last year with Lost in Translation over two and a half miles. Lost in Translation is now going for a Gold Cup. Uh, he was put in his place by um, Chak and Pursois at the Pontchastown Festival over two miles. Okay, Chak and Pursois came into the race fresher and definitely had a long season, so maybe uh, the Mullins horse has fattered a little bit by that. He then started the season against Political Oak, beat him well now, but he was getting three pounds that day. And then in his last two wins in the in the Tingle Creek and the Clarence House, he beat uh, an ageing and now retired Unda Soul, mm. the second time of which was, I'm not going to say a farce of a race, but they, they crawled around early for, for a grade one race. And Unda Soul has always been a horse who wins his races in the early and middle parts. That's where he breaks horses. A slow run race, the ride, the ride town and gave him, you know, was was a poor one. And I, I think those those rides, I think, from jockeys are poor ones when horses are pace dependent because pace is the, one of the most important kind of variables in racing. Uh, Townend should have known he, to go going a lot quicker, but that's why I'm against Steffi. And fundamentally, I just, in terms of the the rating he has, I think he's probably overrated a little bit. I'm, I'm very surprised the handicapper put him up four pounds for winning the type of race that he did the last day, especially with the Dan Skelton horse in third who, who bled on the day and Obviously, uh, there's been a, an awful lot of chat about that race, so probably don't need to go into that. Uh, and then Chacha, um, um, Chacha and Pursois, uh, I suppose the only real negative with him is he's got no course form. You know that could, we could just that could we could be overplaying that because he fundamentally is a very kind of quick and good jumper, strong traveller. Should should kind of um, handle it all well. But look, he's never been to the course, he's never been to the Cheltenham, he's never kind of experienced that atmosphere. Uh, and and one little negative in my mind would be, I think he did have a hard race when he was very good against Min at Leopardstown at the Dublin Racing Festival. Um, Min and him took each other on a long, long, long way from home. So that would be a little bit of a negative for me. And then Altior, um, you know, it can sound like a broken record that keeps on getting this kind of wrong because he keeps on winning. But I'm still of the opinion that the old course at Cheltenham does not show Altior off to his best. He's a big long leggy horse that takes uh, quite a few strides to hit top gear and when they swing off that bend there at Cheltenham you know I think not that he gets disorganized but he just needs a few strides to get into top gear and then obviously because his jumping has been a little bit slow through the air they redefense quite quickly off that off that turn and and I just don't think it allows him to get into top stride I think you see when you see him at Newbury he's deadly he's got the whole length of the straight there to get into gear and, you know, he's just devastating. So, and look, he's a 10-year-old now. That's the other thing with, with Altior. So there's, there are question marks about the front three at various stages um, in the market. So in terms of a value bet, so Royal jumped the last in front last year in the champion chase and he traded odds on. Um, I really like his profile coming into the race this year. With every single start, he's got better. Um, the last time when he ran behind Altior, the Alan King team were probably maybe a little bit hit and miss. 
I think it's fair to say and, and he ran he ran very well the ground thing I'm not sure I know Alan King keeps saying he wants it really good I just think he's a horse that, that in terms of form can be hit and miss like we've seen him bomb out in the Tingle Creek quite a few times now at the start of the year I just think maybe sometimes he's a hard horse to get right ground is not necessarily uh, massively important for all like you wouldn't want heavy ground I'd say and look then there's different types of heavy heavy, heavy ground at Sandown is going to be different to heavy ground at Kempton say you know and then another thing is heavy ground Irish heavy in midwinter is going to be different to heavy ground that you're going to get at Cheltenham in March so look we'll see look he's a he's a strong traveller and, he, and he's a pretty good jumper in the main for a, a little horse I like his he's coming it just looks to me like he's going to be peaking here for one day. And I, I just hope that's the case. I, we'll see what the ground does. But I look, if if he finishes fourth or fifth, I don't think I'm going to be blaming the ground unless it's officially heavy. And and last thing I would say is last year's champion chase was a bit of a joke of the race. If you go back and watch it, Altior and I think it was Sal Calvalos, they stole about four or five lengths off the field at the start. So Royal will hopefully be ridden a little bit more closer to the pace. Um, last year he was a little bit gassy early he didn't get a good lead and he didn't get cover I think if he gets all those elements in there and Daryl can just save a bit a bit at the end I think he'll get up the hill a little bit better this year and the other thing is I think that what might suit him is this year's champion chase might not be run as a, such a strong gallop as it was last year so I'm I, I Chances are I'm going to be totally wrong, but I would rather back So Royal each way and have him hit the frame at maybe around uh, nine to two, five to one. Any of the market leaders win only. Look, that's my rationale. Obviously, the market suggests um, I need plenty of things to go my way, but for me, it's the it's the better value bet in the race, and that's how I'll be playing. I've had a complete change of mind in this race since Jess and Rixie and I did the preview at Ascot. The more I've watched back the video footage, the more I think that if Paul Tennant can get Shaq and Porcival into a good stride early on, he might just have a little bit too much for them and can control the race from the front. So I'm going to side with Shakan. Rory Delargy, your pick for arguably the race of the week. Yeah, and I'll cover off a question you're going to ask later on as well. Shakan Pursois is the better of the festival. Oh, um, yes. I started the season saying I wanted to see Shakan Pursois do it again um, after Punchestown. And I'm convinced, after, although he was beaten by a Plutard, you know what a massive fan I am of his anyway. Mm-hmm. I thought his, um, his win against Min last time was, was excellent. I can't believe how many people are trying to do that form down. Um, that was a brutal contest. Um, when, you've got, uh, when Min struggles to get to the front and he wants to lead, uh, you know they're going fast in the first place. So Ornua led early. Min then pressed on really hard mid-race. And Shaq and Pushmar was much too good for him. And sure, he's not flowing up the running, but you don't fly up the running when you've gone that hard for a mile and six furlongs anyway. He was, I thought he was terrific. I thought that was by far the best performance we've seen from a two-mile chaser this season. Um, and I can't believe he's not favourite, and I think he will be favourite on the day. I, I, I can see, I can see the case for Shashan Pourcoix. I do. My only concern is obviously we haven't seen him at Cheltenham. Willie Mullins' record in this race are bizarre. He's never won it. That, you know that he, aside, obviously he never won the World of... Cup until last year. That's true. Shashan Pourcoix. McManus has never won a champion chase either. Sorry to cut across you, Jess. Well done. Yeah, that's. That's a good point. That's a good point. But the, the he the the train the the trainer is who I'm more concerned about here. And I think yes, Justin Poussoir has you know he's got a great, big reputation, great reputation. But he didn't prove that last time. Last time out, he was fine. He was just fine for me. He needs to be. I think Daffy Dessoy has been. He can only 
beat what he's got behind him. You can knock under so you can knock the fo- the form, the, the the pace of the race last time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But what Altior did last time was good, but again, it wasn't. You know, he wasn't. He, he, it wasn't over, overly spectacular. He's also had a very um, incomplete season, and in, in that it's been sort of in and out, in and out, not knowing what he's where he's meant to be running and and how they've been targeting him. So, Defi Desoy, he's had a pretty seamless season, if anything, and he comes into this race prepared for that. Whereas Jashin Bossois, I think they would have wanted they would have wanted more from him. Can't see so royal. Last time he won was 2018 on good ground at Cheltenham in the Schler. He does run well consistently, but he, for some reason, he, he's not, at, for me, he's not at this level to win a champion chase. So, yes, he could be he could be a good place, but I don't think he'll be in front of the likes of Dynamite Dollars or Pislog or any of the others in, in the field. I just think Defi Desoy has had a very good preparation in. He's been aimed for this race and this is his race to win. And perhaps he's got a little bit short now. I quite liked him when he was a bit behind Altio on the betting, but um, I will... I'll be I'll be sticking with him. I'm going with Shaq and Pursuan now. Rixi, it's so royal is an each way bet. I, I keep changing my mind on this, but I think if I had to back kind of one of the market leaders, maybe it would be Chach, and I I might explore the the uh, if there's a betting without Chach and Pursuan market back so royal each way and that as well maybe depending on what price we can get. For Rory and I, I didn't know that Rory was going to put up Shekhan Pursuol, but that's who we're going to go with. And also, we've learned another very valuable lesson on the Final Forum podcast. All four of us don't know how to pronounce the name Shekhan Pursuol. We're all just plucking guesses from the air, basically, and have, have pronounced it differently. It's Cheltenham with Betfair. It's about who's in with a chance and the buzz when festival week arrives. The Betfair Exchange was best odds on 485 of 498 Cheltenham runners last year. BSP v ISP. Exchange win market only. BSP is a win-only calculation. 5% commission deducted. Further charges may apply. T's and C's at betfair.com. 18 plus be gambleaware.org. The cross-country chase sees the mighty Tiger Roll goes for his fifth Cheltenham Festival success. It would be some story if he does it, but I'm going to shock you, Jess, and say I'm taking him on. <laughs> uh, what is the market on the Betfair no. Exchange currently? Never. Tiger Roll is 11 to 10, 2.08 he is. Easy la- easy's land, fours, three to one. Might bite 12.5. Um, and oh, another one I'm not going to be able to say. Urgent de Gregain. Um, it's all right. It's <laughs> fine. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> Love to know what that means. Um, 17.5. I'm sure, I'm sure fruit. Oh, no, I was going to say it's something terrible there, but I won't. Do it. No, because it, it sounds terrible. But it, I, it's not going to be terrible like the way I, 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 some people might take it, but it, it sounds like Bruce has entered uh, Jess here and he's struggling, Bruce Millington, and he's struggling with all these French names. <laughs> he's using me as, as, as his pawn to try and yeah, ensure is, that we can turn them all into English names. Actually, Bruce talking right now. Uh, look, Jan Worth, he's in there. He's, he's, he, he's 17.5, 16 to 1. Um, Diesel Delia, 22s. It's for me, Tiger Roll is you ask for a banker of the festival. Um, between him and Paisley Park, obviously, they're the bankers uh, for me. I look, it seemed when Gordon was talking about Tiger on Thursday night that he was just so happy with the place that he's got got him after that pipe opener last time out. Um, I think he said something like, you know, even if he's sort of finished last, he would have been happy. He just literally needed a spin round and he'd ran a very mighty race. Um, very credible. This is his race to win. Um, you know, he's like, 
20 pounds above anything else below him. Yes, Easy's Land is probably the, the biggest threat and he's got a great profile and, and is an ex- exciting prospect to, to fend off a challenger tiger role. But it seems that it's Tiger's race to lose might bite absolutely fascinating having him in bit of fun um hopefully he gets round all in one piece and safe and sound um but tiger roll should win this and win this easily bullish we do i do have some breaking news tell us the official going description at cheltenham has been changed to soft good to soft in places really and that's not even me trying to be an arsehole like i sometimes (laughs) am on twitter that's actual genuine this is not the twitter rixie trolling us soft good to soft in places expecting four mils overnight but not anticipating significant change before the roar on tuesday and that tweet comes courtesy of tony paley Good man, Tony Paley. If you go through my tweets from last night, um, there was a suggestion from someone that it was going to be virtually unraceable. Um, and I, um, I predicted that it would be soft, good to soft in places. It's one of the best tracks in the world to drain. So you are right. And whoever was saying that oh. is talking nonsense. Come on, Rory. Call them, call them all out there to fuck. We'll have a bit of fun. Come on, Rory. Right. Do it. <laughs> I was absolutely sick of seeing people saying, oh, it's going to be a heavy ground festival. Oh, my God. Well, in fairness, there was someone I was going to say, what, what weather um, report are you looking at? This is um, someone I work with, in fairness. And then I thought, I'll have a look at, uh, at another site. I'll look at the BBC uh, weather site. And it genuinely suggested the the weather for Cheltenham. It said it was currently raining when it was clearly dry in Cheltenham. And it said it wouldn't stop raining until Wednesday. Anyone reading that would be inclined to think it was going to be heavy ground. And sometimes people as well see these forecasts and they put up screenshots Oh, 100% rain guaranteed, but... Yeah, well, which, but, yeah, which could be 0.1 mils. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's the amount of rain you get, not the, exactly. not the percentage chance of it falling. Exactly. Yeah. Come on, Rory, call them all out to fuck there. Go on, we'll Do it, them. Rory! Do it! <laughs> Name and shame! Uh, it's also worth pointing out, Cheltenham, it does drain very well. The key is whether it's raining at the time or not. You know, it's, it's a track that, that with two dry days will be good to soft, but it will go from good to soft to heavy with... Uh, four or five mils of rain um, on a particular day. We've seen that happen before. Um, and we've seen uh, the festival several times in the last um, half dozen years where the going has been good uh, on Wednesday and Thursday and then really, really soft on Friday um, after rain on the final day. So it, it can change. Um, but as we stand, um, that's where we are. Urgent de Gregon. We'll get a translation site to pronounce it properly first, yes? Urgent Greece, but that can't be right. I don't see how <laughs> that's right. That can't Gregor be right. Gregor is Greece. That's very strange. Anyway, that's what it comes up with. I went to translate it and I didn't get what you got. But I did translate the definition of Easy's Land, which is absolute solid moral for Cheltenham and might bite translates to no hoper who'll end up in the champagne tent at Cheltenham uh, good luck to Nico hasn't he earned that crack didn't he put on the best show ever in that RSA <sighs> he did what a race that was go, go to Racing Tales I'm sure they'll put it up for us and, uh, and watch it back you think Jess the Tiger Roll is the banker of the festival Rory Delargy cross country I, I was with Easy Stand when he won um, uh, here before Christmas and I think he's a, a really exciting horse for this discipline but it's not going to be Tiger Roll if Tiger Roll's on form let's crack on that <laughs> Declan Ricks 
yeah, look, it's um, some of the cool guys at the, the previews kind of say, go to the bar with an X race. I will probably be going to the bar for this and hopefully watching Tiger roll bolt up with an old pint in hand. It will be some sight if he does go and win. I would love to see him win the race. I'm obviously a huge fan of his and indeed Keith Donahue. It's a fantastic story. I'm back in Easy's land and I'm backing him with fair old confidence. Easy's land will be the bet for me. The Boodles juvenile handicap hurdle. Oh, I bet you can't wait to have a bet in this, Jess. Current market <laughs> on the bet for exchange. <laughs> Um, so we've got Aramax is 7.26 to 1. Mick Pasta for Paul Nichols is 15 to 2, 8.6. Tronador is 9.8, which is 9 to 1. Palladium, 15.5, so it's around about 14 to 1 mark. Repetitio, 15.5. Um, Time White, uh, 13.5. And bigger prices around, around the rest. Saint Duru, uh, 18. Uh, and yeah, there's a, a heap of horses in this at the moment. Again, there's some nice horses there at the top. Aramax being one to point out, but Tronador, um, I, th- I really like the the case for him. Um, he's been campaigned quite well nicely by Gordon Elliott. He's in there at 9.8. Um, Paul Nichols is also very keen on Time White too. It's a t- tricky one. It always is, this Boodles. Um, always something that's been um, campaigned quite quite lightly and and comes in with, uh, with a nice mark. I know that... Um, um, in my putting just putting up my notes at 12 of the last 15 we were officially rated between 124 and 133 um last year there was a, a bit of a nice gamble on um for joseph o'brien's band of outlaws and um he was i think he was a bit higher than that it's another really tricky one for me i can't i don't have an absolute definite selection so i'd leave it to the others to to make their case this race is a bloody nightmare to try and pick a winner in 25 to 1 40 to 1 33 to 1 33 to 1 33 to 1 until joseph o'brien managed to get the job done with a horse who was uh, let's just say well placed uh, last year to go and win the <laughs> boodles and fair play kev nicely done don't win. you be giving blake any any legs up after he left the pod <laughs> <laughs> Put that man down every chance you get, especially now that he's not able to defend himself on you. <laughs> I did say at the Ascot Cheltenham preview night that Tipperary's finest export, with the exception of Coolmore, Declan Ricks. So really, th- <laughs> really throwing him under the bus. Rory, you love these handicaps. You've already put up Night Edition on the podcast and another horse, uh, both who've moved in the market since. David Pipe, in the interview that we did with him for the Final Forum podcast, was saying, I hope you're right, but did sound reasonably confident. Who wins the boodles? The other one I'm going to win here is Blacko of Alan Kings. I'm not sure if I mentioned him last time or not. Um, he's won both starts for the stable. He's now dropped up Tom Bellamy rides. He has beaten a horse that I quite like in his last two starts. Um, what's called the Pinkin of um, Seamus Mullins's, who I think has got a half decent race in him at some stage. He was impressive in beating Zoffy, who was an odds on shot at Taunton, with the Pinkin third back in the tail end of December, with Night Edition fourth. After that, he warmed up for this with a comfortable win at Warwick. He also jumped really well that day. So conditions are fine for him. Um, handles soft ground, jumps well. He's on a decent mark from what I can tell. So I'm just surprised how big the price he is. He's about 16s or, or yeah. thereabouts. And I thought, mm, maybe they're going to run him in the, in the Triumph. And, but no, he's 17.5 to back at the moment. There's not a huge amount of money traded in this race at this stage. Um, there's a few I don't like in the contest. But it, as you said, it's a really tough one because the four-year-olds tend to be very unexposed. And you can only judge them to some degree on the form they've shown on the track. One thing I tend to do 
um, with this is try to find a little bit of value by looking at those horses who stayed well on the flat and had you know the pick of the flat form comparatively at these weights. In which case, you know, night edition sort of comes into this to some degree. It doesn't work for Blacko, obviously, but um, I, I've just been impressed with his jumping over hurdles. And I think the two, I think the Taunton race that he won in December, I thought it was a really strong contest, and he he did it in very good style, beating Zoffy, who, who Philip Hobbs has always fancied for this race. And then it was just a case of keeping him ticking over. So he won that Warwick race fairly cosily. He didn't run on the flat. Uh, and I'd, I'd have had this line sort of historically as a little bit of a negative, but he showed plenty in France before joining Kingy, and he, he looks a natural hurdler to me. Given that he's proven in the conditions, um, he's got the right kind of weight for this. He'll do the job for me. So Blacko adds to night edition then for your portfolio. Was we dread to use that word on the podcast? What about Declan Riggs? I would put up one horse here who I think is on a fair mark on 135, um, and that's Dan Skelton's Langer Dan. I like this horse. Ran well here at Cheltenham, although I think that was on the new course behind Botox has. Gary Moore obviously has got a good bunch of juveniles this year, headed up by that, that monster Goshen, who I'm hoping can maybe jump straighter this time although I wouldn't hold my breath but Langer Dan look I, I was impressed with his run behind Botox has uh, he went through the race nicely just didn't have the pace of the winner late on but it, what I loved there was two things he's a very very good jumper of a juvenile um, look he's not kind of slick you know like you'd have a champion hurdler but he's very safe and he, and he's good and he gets from one side to the other relatively quick and he's he looks a strong stayer and he's got a very good attitude and he was beaten the last day when he stepped up against older horses at 8 to 13 at Ludlow but I think the pace to the race that day they, they didn't go hard I don't think that would have suited him and I just think kind of because he jumps so well and he, and he can travel he's only ran four times but he's kind of he jumps like a more experienced horse I just think that a strong run will help bring his stamina and his jumping into play and hopefully his attitude so he's 33 to 1 there you'll definitely get worse kind of 33 to 1 bets uh, throughout the week you know maybe the last day with him losing going into the race on 135 the skeleton team knew that you know they didn't want to climb the, the ratings any higher and yeah I wouldn't read too much into the last race 33 to 1 about a team I think actually Dan Skelton and Harry Skelton they had Nuba Negra run very well in this race before and obviously they're, they're a top class operation themselves and Colin Donlan is an owner who looks to be getting more and more horses these days and he uh, every source in the horses form is doing a pretty good job I would say so Langer Dan for me Zoffy who I think is a big price for Philip Hobbs another one Galahad Quest he's got Sam Tristan Davis booked um, I didn't think this horse was going to go to Cheltenham I know he won the the tri- trial at the end of January but the form of that race has actually worked out quite nicely um, the horse who was in behind him that day was um, Knight Edition who's also in this race uh, he went on and won um, and Monte Cristo who was behind him has also gone out and won since he obviously was also second bar behind our own buzz and we know that buzz is a very going to be a very good horse in time um, Nick Williams obviously won this race back in 2017 Flying Tiger and off of the same mark actually Flying Tiger was on 134 and Galahad Quest on the same mark and he's a He's he's they're obviously taking their chances with this race, having uh, previously said that they were going to skip um, uh, Cheltenham. He's, he's a bit of a chaser in the making, but yeah, he's a he's a one at a bigger price as well. I think it's about looking through our market. He is. Uh, 22 to 1 23.0 nicely done nicely done Jess um, he does have to turn form around with Blacko but that was one of the reasons I was interested in him uh, Zafi for me but Jess has just given you a very nice price to us as well we've come to the final race the Weatherby's champion bumper the current market on the Betfair exchange Jess is so appreciate it is 3.05 so 2 to 1 favourite and then there's a bit of a gap out to Queensbrook who's been given a good mention by his trainer Gordon Elliott um, this week 8 to 1 panic attack 11.5 um 
with Israel Champ also 11.5. Fernie Hollow, the bit of the Enigma, is 17.5. Ocean Wind, who was really impressive when it won Newbury last time, it's 16.5. Oh, someone might need to help me with this. Esquilane. I think, Esquilane, 17, 16 to 1, third time lucky, 23s, and there's bigger prices out there for the rest. Darling Daughter, who was a really impressive winner of the bumper at Leopardstown um, on the Dublin Racing Festival. We did like the way that she was very stylish. She's um Gigginstown horse. I've actually got a, a, a treble going with Appreciate It, Defi de Soyen and Voilan at 25 to 1, so I'll be hoping that Appreciate It can turn that into gold um, when it comes to this race. He seems to be one of another great option for Willie Mullins and hoping he can do it. Let's so get Declan Ricks's <laughs> thoughts on the champion bumper. What's your thoughts, my man? Yeah, look, appreciate it. Looks like he could be um could be a star horse trained by the right man who's obviously got a brilliant record in this race. I'm really interested in this Alan Kingmare that's coming back, the glancing queen. She was fifth in the race last year behind Envoy Ellen. We as we all know last year's renewal of the bumper was uh, was a proper good renewal. It's working out brilliant now. She's coming back for another which I think is very interesting. She can get twenty to one there, non runner, no bet. She then went to Aintree and won the, the Mayor's Bumper there beating Manella Melody who I think is favourite now for is she favourite for the Mayor's Novice? She is, yeah. Yes. I, I just think it's really interesting and yeah look she, she'll do for me. Roy DeLarge. Well I, I put the favourite up before Christmas and obviously he was so impressive over Christmas that he's become a short price favourite for this. The one horse he's really impressed me since is Queensbrook. Uh, I know the ground was really bad uh, the other day but uh, she made her debut at Goran in what looked a strong enough um, uh, race at the time and she absolutely pulverised her opposition she won by 21 lengths in the end in what was a pretty well run race beating Nelly's money of uh, Robert Tyner's but I thought this was decent form and Mullins Mare uh, Lord of Pearl back in third as well but that winning distance was remarkable you do sometimes see big distances in um in heavy ground races, it can be a little bit unreliable. But I didn't think this one was. I thought this. I thought this was worth every bit of it. She she cost 160 grand after winning her points. She will be a stayer. She would need a genuinely soft ground. And the worry about her in this race is that might be slightly nippier types in there. But as long as there's a test of stamina, you know she'll be powering up the hill. The way she finished her race off, you need to watch it again if you get a chance. Um, was really impressive. As I said, I don't think there's any issue with the strength of that form at all. Obviously, she just had the one run, which is maybe not ideal coming into a bumper like this, but as long as she doesn't go backwards from it, I think she has to be a, a player. What price is Queensbrook currently on the Bedford Exchange? Jess? It's 8 to 1 on the Betfair Exchange currently. So being supported all the time. She will, um, Gordon has confirmed that as long as there's given the ground she runs. And of course, Rixie, At The Races have signed the Codfather, who will be doing a daily blog for AtTheRaces.com. And he rode her on yeah. debut. He confirmed yeah. that at the preview evening as well. Jamie Codd's definitely on Queensbrook. Excellent. He should be very informative, Jamie. Um, oh, he's a genius. Um, yeah, he's very, very well connected. A uh, very good rider. Uh, obviously, sees a lot of these horses physically. He works with Tattersalls, doesn't he? He's yeah. Um, mm. yeah, he's kind of go-to material, I think, kind of for anybody now in, in getting his thoughts on the website. I, I don't think we're just going to be getting the thoughts maybe on his rides. I think we could be getting, you know, just any other thoughts that he has on kind of the bloodstock that he's seeing come through and that so it'll definitely be well worth a read yeah and it's a daily blog it's not just a one-off uh, it's all all yeah, four days yeah not a daily blog yeah yeah so make sure you're com, the Cheltenham Megasite on com. Jamie Cott the Codfather signed up to an exclusive blog going to be a must read and Jamie's going to be on the podcast after Cheltenham as well so he can break down some of the performances it's still Israel Champ for me am I being greeted with tumbleweeds
Yes. <laughs> no, you've, you've been saying that for a while. I thought you were going to mention him. It's like Tumbleweed, just David total silence. Israel champion, you still put him up. Ah, get out of it, you. <laughs> you are the, big, the biggest Pipe fanboy I know. <laughs> I, I respect David Pipe and was a bit taken aback by the fact that he listens to the show every single week. But thank you very much, David Pipe. That's much appreciated. Oh, you. yeah. I'm obviously you not know, putting Pipe down. He's a good trainer and good to see he's having a much better year this year. But Pipe could I, run something here 200 to 1 and you'd go, ah, oh, that's got an each no I would not no I would not it just so happens <laughs> yes, it just would. I put him up at the start of the season back in November Rory slammed me and said what are you talking about no chance then he goes to Ascot live on Sky Sports Racing carries the penalty in a listed race wins and Tom Scudamore has now been confirmed for the ride as well is 11 to 1 is the best price what price is he on the exchange Jess yeah that's right he's 11.5 on the exchange there's do you think races where we get ratings for bumper horses as well isn't it I think Appreciate has been given 131 and yeah. Israel Champ has been given 130 if you believe in those ratings just in terms of value that's you know they're obviously much bigger prices and the ratings could be complete nonsense but if he's if Appreciated is 13 to 8 and he's 131 and Israel Champ is 130 and he's 11 to one or 11.5 on the bet for exchange then sign me up for israel champ all day long thank you very very much final selection so on the champion bumper uh, rixie you're gonna swing for it the glancing queen for alan king 20 to 1 is a big price given how strong that form is envoy allen obviously won it abracadabras is in behind time hill in behind they're all leading contenders for all the novice hurdlers that are going to run now and envoy allen is considered you know the kind of the next big big thing in race and so at 20 to 1 yeah, it's maybe not as wild as, as i thought we might need a little bit of luck just in terms of how she's developed because obviously it's another year and you know bumper these bumper horses tend to stay well you know hopefully she's developed more into a kind of a speedier type than a, than a staying type but yeah 20 to 1 is a big price now that I kind of think about it a little bit more it's a very big price to be fair Delargy you already put up appreciated much to Kieran O'Connor's delight uh, earlier in the season but you're not going to put him up again at that price what are you going for I'll put Queensbrook up um, given how impressive she was at Goring Jess Ocean Wind because I thought he was really impressive at Newbury last time uh, Roger Till's uh, group of syndicate owners of boys said immediately after champion bumper champion bumpers so he is at um, a slightly bigger price as well 16.5 so am I wrong in thinking he still has his meat and two veg Mm, so good question I can have a, a bit like Solo yeah he does yeah well remembered yeah oh, so another entire running at the festival by Tiafilio yeah he is I'm, I'm sure Jim Bulger is thrilled that uh, <laughs> that uh, Tiafilio is running in the champion bumper uh, Israel champ I've been backing him for so long I'm not going to desert him now I think he wins your best bet Rixie well, I think my nap of the meet is going to be Mr. Fisher in, in the marsh if that's where he goes yes I'm oh, sorry is he, did you, are we doing the best he can now <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go around in circles uh, all right. Jess, you're Sorry, best, I'm, you're... As, as you can tell, I'm and as from Wednesday, I'm very bad at this broadcasting whole thing. Wait, stop! <laughs> stop doing yourself down! Stop it! I'm joking for shag. Bloody hell! <laughs> Jess Stafford literally requested she switched from being with Tony Keenan, nothing against Tony, to saying, "Can I actually go on the Rick's podcast?" Because no, it's just the times work better the, for me. The Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, Richie. I was trying to pick you up there. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. You actually went out of your way. Of you went out of your way to be right. on this show with Declan. Never mind that shy talk. Just get on with the best bet. Your best, best bet of the day or the whole week. You can which. have your best each way of the entire meeting if you want. Best bet is Defi de Soy. Um, oh. And uh, each way bet is Chantry House and the Supreme. Rory, your best each way bet. I'll go Blacko 
in the Fred Winter. Dom de Campignon is the best each way bet of the day. Your nap of Cheltenham 2020, Declan Ricks. I think Aramon in the county horror is going to go very close. Jess, your best bet of the meeting. Well, my best bet, personal best bet, is Solo because I got it at twenties. <laughs> but um, I, th- I think that definitely saw yes, as I said earlier. It's a lovely piece of aftertiming for me there, Jess. I, I quite like that. <laughs> oh, I think I, I think I might have mentioned him beforehand. You put him up did. at thirty threes and twenty fours on this podcast. Good. So okay, so not too much aftertiming. Not at all. Thirty threes and twenty fours. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. And and people have, have screenshotted me. Listeners to the show have screenshotted me uh, backing blindly Jess's advice at 33s. They're sitting on gold. Rory Delargy, your nap of the day. Nap of the day is Shaqen Pursois. Oh, I love it. Israel champ. It's my nap of the day. You can get all the great information on the Betfair Exchange and, of course, on attheracist.com. Rixie and the team are putting together some fantastic content. It's really easy for me to talk about it because it's just brilliant. Uh, Simon Rowlands has gone into in-depth sexual analysis of all of the major novices and all the major races. Uh, that in itself is gold. But the fact that you're getting daily tips for free from Hugh Taylor, Simon Rowlands and Tony Keenan is just absolutely spectacular. The app is available as a free download for whatever smartphone it is that you have or just go to the website at theracist.com and click on the Cheltenham Mega site. The, the site is unbelievable. I know I'm obviously mm. a bit biased, but it, 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 it's good. Stats guide, hot shots, under the radar, some dark horses, Jamie Lynch's novices to follow. Then we've got John Hunt, Mike Cattermole, Zoe Bird, uh, Lynchy, and John Blanche all do in previews of the, the championship races. Um, there's loads of stuff on there. It's a very good site. I'll actually have an interview with Rachel Blackmore. Gold so. info, well done. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it was good. I was delighted to, to get her. She's, uh, she's a lovely girl, Rachel, and she was very helpful. And um, it sounded like she made a bit of time for me because she's obviously very busy. So, yeah, yeah no, it was good. Um, and she gave me plenty as well. So hopefully it'll, uh, hopefully it'll be a, a decent enough read. And Rachel Blackmore does not get the media attention that she deserves I think she's second favourite Jess isn't she to be champion jockey she should be anyway she's up there yeah, she's got some of her rides now you do ask all the jockeys these questions oh, who's your best bet of the, the week she kind of laughed a bit in disbelief because you know she has three or four very strong ones it was quite funny Manella Melody is going to have a serious chance at Notebook. Yeah. I don't think the Honeysuckle can beat Benny Didier, but she'll give her a race. Um, absolute Tard. Absolute Tard as well, yeah. Is she second favourite? Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's 92, 5.6. Paul Tannen's just in front, front, yeah. front of her. Actually, Henry de Bomhead's the top trainer. Uh, he's a bit of value. He's 14 on the exchange to be top trainer. So probably would correlate with Rachel yeah I was looking yeah. at that yesterday I, I do think Willie will be top trainer but the jockey book is going to be so spread out you're going to still back David Pipe though <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell Rixie we're done David Pipe what a price is David Pipe to be top trainer actually he's, he's, just a, a, he's not actually he's not in there <laughs> what he's not in my he's not in my betting can you give me 200 to 1 <laughs> You have to put it up yourself. See if anyone can lay you. Yeah. Two hundred to one with Rick's bets. There, he'll he'll, he'll do it. Uh, Declan, I wanted to ask you quickly: Is your has your dad still blocked you on Twitter? Yeah, Henry still got me blocked on Twitter. It's an absolute disgrace. Chambles. He hasn't called the mother in three years. It's Absolutely terrible. shameful stuff. Terrible stuff. Yeah. I haven't got a birthday card in seven. Oh, God. There's a, there's a site called Rick's Ratings on Twitter and they've blocked Yeah, um, I know it well. I don't know how that's happened. Lovely guy. <laughs> what, what, you've done, what you've done to upset him. He's <laughs> you know what? Coming up to Cheltenham, I think he promotes his Twitter account. So it actually appeared on my timeline. And I was joking one day. I just wrote, I wrote underneath and I said, Dad, is that yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and his <laughs> response was, was to block you because he doesn't want to do all the child maintenance back pay. Can I just <laughs> say that Declan Ricks's father is probably listening to this podcast right now and is a very genuine, nice man in Tipperary. So um, it's all banter <laughs> in the world of Cheltenham. Jess, you're not going to be there all four days. I'm not. I have been allowed to go on Friday, so I'm very hey, lucky. Hey, brilliant. Okay. So, I'm, there, I'm there on Gold Cup Day. Excellent. So and, looking forward to seeing everyone there for a drink. And you will be on, so Final Forum Podcast listeners, seek out Jess. She'll buy you a drink. Sorry about that, Jess. You're going to be on with us with Nick Luck as we review the festival. Yes, can't wait for that. that yeah. That's going to be so much easier looking back. Looking ahead <laughs> at this stage, I apologise. I'm still trying to work things out and I usually do day of, really. That's the be- that's always been my philosophy. Make your decisions the day of the race. Benefit of hindsight is always great. But, uh, no, fantastic <laughs> insight from you. Rory, you're with us on every podcast, so uh, I'll chat to you a little bit later on, my friend. Uh, so from Rory Delargy. Good night. Good afternoon, good morning. Uh, from Declan Ricks. Bonsoir. And, f- <laughs> and f- from Jess Stafford. Uh, law. <laughs> and from me, Emmett Kennedy. Buongiorno. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for listening to the Final Final Podcast. Thank you for unbelievably making us number one podcast in the world on SoundCloud on Sport. That's just insane. The men in blazers are very, very annoyed. Thank you so, so much for listening. Daily previews all available on attheraces.com. Check out the site. And of course, Betfair Exchange for all the fantastic offers. We'll chat to you very, very soon. Thanks for listening. Have a brilliant Cheltenham. God bless. It's Cheltenham with Betfair. It's about who's in with a chance and the buzz when festival week arrives. The Betfair Exchange was best odds on 485 of 498 Cheltenham runners last year. BSP v ISP. Exchange win market only. BSP is a win-only calculation. 5% commission deducted. Further charges may apply. T's and C's at betfair.com. 18 plus begambleaware.org. Have you downloaded the free app The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, Expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting is the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.